Hi, welcome to Matters of the Heart and Soul. I'm your host, Janie Charlotte. Matters of the Heart and Soul is a podcast to raise awareness and awaken humanity to all that is within. We want to be a beacon of light on your life journey. Hey guys, welcome back to Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. My name is Janie Charlo, your host. And um, on this screen, you are seeing Russell Bruce. Everyone knows Russell. Hey, everybody. All right. And we have Miss Tamala Joyce. Tamala, welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to join you in the rest today. Awesome. Yes, we're very excited to have you. So Tamala, um, she has 20 years experience in international treasury. She has worked for several Fortune 500 corporations. Um, She has a wealth of knowledge in cash principles, discipline, and financial workings inside emerging global organizations. She resides here in Atlanta with her two boys, um, and we're going to be talking about financial literacy. So, Tamala, um, introduce yourself a little bit more to the podcast. Well, thank you again for having me. Uh, My name is Tamala Joyce, and I am a treasury financial uh, professional. I've been in corporate America for about 20 years and been able to serve in a lot of capacities um, with companies around the globe in treasury cash management. Um, I think it's something um, that's fascinating. You get to learn about the company right off the the start of joining. Um, Cash is key. You know, that shows you all the transactions in the company. It shows you what's going in, what's going out, and the true stability of an organization. Um, So it's... uh, been a great journey and I'm excited to be here today and just share uh, my financial literacy knowledge uh, to individuals, businesses, and everybody that joins and listens today. Yeah, so, 20 years. Um, that's amazing. So um, can you tell us how you got on this financial path? What inspired you in that direction? Yes. So as a little girl growing up in Detroit, Michigan, I would ride the public transportation with my mother and look out the window and see women with suits on and stockings and gym shoes. And as a little girl, it just fascinated me. Um, I wanted to see where they were going and what they were doing uh, in this big high rise building in downtown Detroit. And my mother, uh, she was a cook. So we would catch the escalator going down and I would watch all the women go up. And I knew at that time that I wanted to be on the elevator going up. Mm. So throughout my life, I've always looked at that footprint of leadership uh, in myself, Um, marched in the band, drum major in high school. And I understood that I wanted to be in a realm of business. Um, So at my first year at Alabama State University, I heard about um, the first black female CPA in the state of Alabama, Yvette Smiley Smith. And I thought, oh my goodness, I have to meet her. And being under her tutelage, um, I knew that accounting and finance was the way to go. Uh, It was profitable. (laughs) So I I won't lie, money was part of the decision. But just seeing um, the access 
to money, to currency, to understanding how it really does answer all things. And it's the ruler of a lot of you know things. You can't have water without currency exchange. You can't have lights without currency exchange. Mm-hmm. So your basic needs as a human um, is tied around the financial umbrella. And um, I've been in it, like I said, 20 years, um, and I've just enjoyed it. The discipline behind it, I like. Uh, it matches my personality because I love serving people. I love uh, educating and teaching people. And then for myself, um, it's allowed me to really, really be in rooms that I wouldn't be in. You know, when you talk about global organizations um, and closing deals and things like that, like everybody in the company doesn't get to sit at the table. So mm-hmm. the responsibility behind that matched my personality. The integrity behind that matched my personality. So I'm, I'm really grateful to be in a field that mirrors um, a lot of my moral compass as an individual. Yes. Tell us a little bit more about what you're currently doing within the corporate sector as well as individuals. So basically, um, I feel a large pulling and responsibility to share my 20 years corporate experience to individuals, to small businesses, uh, and to nonprofits and organizations. Because a lot of time people know that their money is working for them because the you know bills are being paid. So I'm able to really pull that back and say, let's really look at it. Are you really um, in a surplus? Or are you kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul? And we go through that discipline. Um, Because I've studied financial patterns for the past 20 years, I can look at your snapshot of your bank account in the last 30 days and know your disciplines, know your habits, know where you're wasting money, know where you're ignoring your cash. So um, it's something that I do in a form of, when I say financial literacy, it's just enlightenment. It's just, you know, hey, how much are you paying in bank fees? Most people say, I don't know. And I said, well, how much are you paying for your cable service or your TV service or your, your, your internet, your phone? And most people say, I don't know, because we're just going through life, right? We're just seeing money come in and we're seeing money go out. So I help you stop and pause and look at your relationship with your money and your currency. Um, And so I understand you work with large corporations. That's been a big part of your career. Um, But on an individual basis, what are the top three things we all should be doing right now with our money or in regards to financial literacy? What would you say are the top three things we all need to be doing, especially now in 2021? I would say the top three things is know your budget. Not guess. Well, Tamla, you know, I'm, I'm earning $100,000 a year. Okay, if that's what you grossed or is that what you're earning, mm-hmm. right? What's coming in, what's going out and what's that bottom number? You need to know that number. It doesn't need to be an assumption. It doesn't need to be a ballpark. Know that number. That's the first thing. The second thing is know your credit. Do you have debt that's sitting on your credit report that you didn't know about? You know, is you know, we've heard all this stuff about credit karma and the, the fake vegan score and all that. Like, really know your position, know your posture. Sometimes we make assumptions because we haven't heard anything, right? Top of the mind awareness. Whatever you're thinking about at the top is what you're paying attention to. Know what it is. Don't guess. And then the third thing is, what is it that you want to accomplish in 2021 financially? Do you want to see your investments grow? Do you want to see the equity in your home? 
like just do a financial uh, cleansing or a financial, you know, overhaul and look at your money, look at your currency. Don't just assume you know what it is. Open up your bank account, look at your transactions. Mm-hmm. Like today, March 6th, um, what else do you have to do the rest of the month? Don't wait until the day of and say, oh yeah, I forgot about that. You know, I do a 12 year budget every year so that when decisions are being made about me as a financial professional or me as a mom or me as a consultant, I know what financial yeses I can make and what financial no's I can make. So when you're talking about going through COVID-19 and the world reopening, what is your cash position, right? So people say, cash position, that's a big term, Tamala. I don't know what you're talking about. It's just your checkbook, mm-hmm. your ins, your outs, and that bottom line. That's your position. When you're playing sports, you have a position, right? When you're a mom, you have a position. When you're a wife, you have a position. What is your financial position? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you ahead of the ball? Or are you behind the ball? Or is it yeah. in your hand? Right? Yeah. And we know a lot of people have taken a big financial hit in the last couple of years with everything that's going on. Um, what about those people? What about people who are are just trying to get back on their feet financially? What's your um what are your what is your advice, you know, for those people who have um, taken a severe I mean, people have lost their jobs. Um, businesses have taken a, a hit. We know corporations, you know, they're they're standing strong. But um, when we break it down to the people who have who are really really suffering during this time, what's your best advice to those people? So I have to tell you, I'm smiling not at the response of that serious question, but my smile is because I came out of a place of devastation financially in 2009. I found myself without my corporate job. I'd gotten laid off. It was a real estate recession at that time. I found myself life happening, going through a divorce, um, losing my own real estate. So even though we're in 2021, I remember what I walked through in 2009. So what I would say to those individuals is, look at what's left in your hand. What's left? Is your education left? right? Whatever your skill set was, is that left? The things that you were able to use to build the life you had before COVID-19, those things are still in your hand. So if you focus on those things, that's where you can start and that's where you can start to rebuild. But it's going to take inner, it's going to take inner faith, inner courage. But when you have, you know, I was divorced, but I was still educated. Mm-hmm. I was unemployed, but I still had work experience. So you take, and it's a book that I'm writing now, it's called A Handful of Purpose. Take what's in your hand and rebuild your life financially. Your book, Seven Steps to Mastering Your Emotions. Get around your emotions right now. Mm-hmm. Because it's a lot of emotion. It's a lot of information coming through the news, coming through our ears and our eyes. But master, right? What you said in your book. Mm-hmm. Take the time to say, okay, I know this is what's happening in the outside world, but what am I going to do to harness my inner world? Because mm-hmm. we, the vaccine, we have one and we have two and we have, you know, the world is changing. We're at the end of an era, 
but we all have an individual power and inner choice, right? To, to decide what happens next. Because unemployment, we don't know. The PPE, we don't know, right? The stimulus, we don't know. But you can control what you know about yourself and what you have to offer and reignite that button. That's your currency. Your thoughts, your wisdom, your knowledge, that is currency. Mm-hmm. So that's my advice. That's great advice. Yeah, what, what you just said remind me, I'm not sure if you've ever seen Third Grip Marshall. There's a uh, powerful speech that he gives about what's in your hand. Yes. And, and it's based on biblical principles. Uh, I have a question. Uh, one of my mentors, um, matter of fact, I was just listening to him. I just forgot his name that quick. Anyway, he, he made a comment. He stated that Black people are trapped at the lowest level of a real life monopoly game, that we were the only group of people in this society that sat down to the table with no money. So after slavery was over, we were promised 40 acres and a mule given nothing. Many were forced to go back to the plantation and work as sharecroppers, et cetera, vagrancy laws. So here, here we are now, uh, over a hundred years after the civil war, we still only own collectively one half of 1% of the GNP here in America. What are some of those things that we can do collectively and individually to help bridge the wealth gap? And I was thinking of Dr. Claude Anderson, forgot his name temporarily, but what are some of those things? You know, you hear uh, insurance policies, things of that nature. What are some of the things that we can do to help bridge the wealth gap so that the next generations will have something to start with? Well, thank you for that question. And, you know, I want to be very transparent with all the listeners and the viewers. You know, I'm on the journey too, right? But what's important is, again, knowing your cash position, knowing where you're at. If you say, okay, Tamla, I'm only making 12 or $15 an hour. Okay, how do we turn that 12 forward? How do we move it forward? I always do an analogy with my clients and individuals that I'm working with, turn your 30 into 60 into 90, right? So you have to be really serious about it. It's not going to just fall out the sky. You have to be intentional about what you want changed. For me, again, we caught the escalator going down to the basement, right? I was with my mother. I wasn't with another family member. I was with the person who gave me life, but I recognized and understood that I wanted to go up the escalator. And that was not against her lifestyle or her decisions. It was just what I wanted for myself. So you start with real estate, right? Your ownership, whatever that ownership looks like. You start with your talents. You own that with the business. Because if you don't own it, then you, you have to follow behind. But when you own it, you get ahead of the cart, right? So I say ownership. With your bank accounts, you need to own them. My account in my mother's name. No, you're 18. <laughs> your bank account should be in your name. Your telephone bill should be in your name. Your car should be in your name. It starts with ownership. Because then after the ownership becomes the responsibility and you oversee that, right? Then from that, you can begin to build. Wealth is not something that comes at the first layer, the second or the third. It's a stairway into your discipline. It's a stairway into your relationship with cash. What are you spending your money on? Are you buying the $10, $5 Starbucks every day? 
or are you saying, okay, I'm going to buy a coffee machine and have it at home and I'm going to keep that $8 and drink coffee from home. And with that eight, I'm going to invest it, invest it in what my business invested in what real estate purchase invested in what land, right? And then from there, you, you, you have to be around like-minded individuals. You have to be around people who are speaking and saying the same thing that you want, right? So all of that, it's, it's, a, it's a compass. It's a, you know, as you see in my, in my logo, there's an orbit. Your financial realm is an orbit. It's all attached to your emotions, to your spiritual, moral compass. Are you a thief? If you're, if you're stealing from other people, then you're stealing from yourself. Those same habits are happening, right? So... I can go on and on. Yeah, I think you. That's I mean, good stuff. Yeah, you nailed it. You have to own it. Every anything you do in life, you own it, and that makes you responsible for it. I think that's that's a great perspective. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about: Do you feel the majority of of people are transparent about their finances? Are they? even honest with themselves like you know are they even honest with themselves because I find that to be difficult like if if you're in a room with people people don't want to talk about finances they don't you know well let's leave that out of the conversation and like you said it does have a lot to do with like-minded you know and I it don't have to be the conversation all of the time but um what do you? What are your thoughts on transparency with majority of people, and, and even in what you're in, in what you see every day? So I'm again, I'm smiling, not to take away the the deepness and the heaviness of your question, but it's like you go to the OBGYN, you go to the doctor, like let's look at the cash. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're looking at everything else, right? You're you're looking at the house, you're looking at you know, the oil change in your car, you're pulling out the hood to see why it's smoking, but you're not looking at your cash <laughs> and it's leaking. You haven't changed the air filter. That's so I really, I tell you, um, when I started um, Tamla Joyce Consulting, it was out of my own ownership that I had worked for global brands and corporations and when they decided to lay me off back in 2009, I thought, well, wait a minute, you know, I'm carrying my second child and this is it. And I said, okay, I'll never be in a position again where someone can tell me I can stop making currency to take care of myself and my children, right? So I try to make the conversation about currency very basic. And I tell, you know, my individuals and small businesses that, okay, write it on a piece of tissue. Like, I don't care how you get the information to me, right? Mm -hmm. Because I'm here to serve you and to help you. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. There's nothing to be concerned about. I'm here to help you. I'm here to serve you. And through that conversation, you know, it's like here, (laughs) here. And I said, but listen, once we, you know, when you go to the doctor, this is hurting, that is hurting. Okay. But then when you leave, you're better. The same thing with your currency. I'm here to make it better. I'm here for you to stop the bleeding, stop the hemorrhaging, right? Stop the losses, stop the oil leak. And then now you're on the path and the journey of, okay, now I know how much I make this month. 
Now I know if I can do this conference next month or next year. You have the tools. I'm empowering you to make good financial decisions. And I have a school that I love that I've been working with for years called Hope McNeil Academy. Shout out to them, Indicator. And I love the fact that the owners now, they know what their budget is. When individuals come to them and say, can your school do this or that? I've empowered the owners. They know what they can do. Mm-hmm. And then I'll say this, when you talk about rebuilding your life. So when I took those things in my hand, I took my education, I took my experience and I empowered myself to re-enter the workforce. Guess who called me? Portia Cars. So I'm looking at the phone like, Porsche? They said, no, it's called Porsche. (laughs) But I was humbly prepared to receive that opportunity because I had identified what was in my hand. Mm -hmm. So to everyone listening, when you know what's in your hand, you know what matches you. You know what you can say yes to. So when they said, we're building a, a North American headquarters in Atlanta, Georgia, And we want to know if you can come just work with us temporarily, just help us out. I said, sure. Guess what? Through my moral compass, my discipline, my integrity, my hard work, those things I knew I had in my hand. A year later, the CFO said, Tamala, will you stay? We want you to to bring you on full full time. Mm -hmm. So your, your destructive place can be right now. You may feel like this is it. But tap into your inner power, look at what's in your hand and watch, you know, something said the God, universe, whatever you call it, come on, mm-hmm. watch what, what you attract come to you. And then you will go right back into your place of restoration, your bridge of being repaired. And I had the joy of driving their cars every four months, brand new car. Now, mind you, from homelessness, jobless, all that stuff, right? So I, I try to really teach and lead. And, and my clients, they have, they have binders. I give them a, a binder. And every time we meet, they open the binder because you, these things aren't taught. We're taught home economics in high school. We're taught gym. We're taught math. We're taught geography, but we're not taught about the checkbook. We're not taught about currency, at least in my communities in Detroit. I don't remember taking a financial class growing up in, in Detroit, Michigan, in the inner city. Mm-hmm. So I really, I'm able to approach every individual at whatever level, level that they're at and empower them with their cash. Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, what would you tell a person who's never invested in, they have say 500 to a thousand dollars in expendable cash, what would you have them invest in or what would you have them to do with that money? Okay. So, you know, when you hear, um, you know, financial terms in this uh, environment that we're in, it kind of gets pushed together, right? So I'm not a financial advisor, right? I'm not a CPA. I'm a financial professional. And my industry is treasury cash management, right? So I don't give advice on where to invest your money or where to put it. Cause I'm not, I'm not a licensed financial advisor, right. right? My degree is in accounting and I work in the field of treasury and I'm a financial professional. So what I would tell that individual is these are the different avenues that you can go, right? To get the certified licensure individual to broker you an investment account, a 401k, 
a certificate of deposit or foreign exchange investment, right? Because you wanna make sure that your currency is housed in places where it's insured and the individuals are licensed in that. Mm-hmm. You don't wanna give your money to someone that's not licensed. You don't wanna take advice from someone that's not um, licensed in that area. So I am a financial professional and I give consultation on the tips that I've been able to ascertain over the 20 years in my life. But it is important that you turn that 30 into 60 into 90. Mm-hmm. So some of the avenues that I recommend are absolutely, you want your money growing for you. You want it working for you, right? You want to see it moving. Real estate is an easy way to see your currency working for you through equity. Because you can hold it, you can sell it, you can build on it, you can do your business out of it, right? So you're constantly turning that currency around, right? But if it's just sitting in a bank account or sitting in the savings account, it's not growing for you. It's not doing it. It's not moving. So you with cooking and and you being a chef, your currency is working for you every time you prepare a meal. That one bell pepper that was $1.89 is now what? $5, $10, $20. Whatever's in your hand, that's your currency to multiply it. Mm -hmm. Very true. Yeah, great. Um, great points. Um, and what I hear you saying is that your currency is also your skill set and your attributes. Um, like you said, you you didn't have a job, but you had work experience. Yes. Um, you know, so you have to also think about that. Not everything is maybe cash flow, but it is it is something that you could use to exchange into cash flow and to build in, into what your what your goals are. And yeah. I like that because I think people don't look at wealth that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we need to start thinking about abundance and wealth that it is it is here is for us to have and we should want it. And, yeah. and it's it's out there and it's for everyone and there's enough for everyone and we can help everyone get it like you don't have to withhold your resources or your knowledge from others it is abundant for everyone to have yes. right yes and yeah. so wait wait Janie because oh my goodness you said so much <laughs> right there your currency is, is your current we think about water current it's moving And then you talk about it exchanging into your experience Mm -hmm. and the wealth. It's not just a U.S. dollar bill or a euro or a yen. Your wealth is your quality of life. Your wealth is your happiness. It's your joy. It's the relationships that you're in. All that is currency. And that's true wealth, in my humble opinion. you know that most some, most of the happiest people have a balance in every aspect of their life um and i think that's true wealth personally yeah. and yeah. then with that you attract people who want to exchange your talents and your knowledge like exactly. Portia. and then from Portia, i was at georgia pacific and then from georgia pacific now i'm at another great global corporation so Again, you go inward, you identify who you are, 
what you have, and then you send that outward, and then that exchange, it automatically happens. But if you don't know what you're offering, then you don't know how to value it. Then mm. you don't know how to, then you don't even know how to accept it when it comes. When Porsche called, I said, yes, absolutely. Yes, I'll drive your car and work. Yes, I'll do that. Yeah, well, I'll do that happily. <laughs> and it was, the, it was the most profound opportunity in my career. Five years, my children got to drive and be in the most luxury brand in the world. You, I was able to give that transfer of wealth to them, right? So it's, I just, I, I'm so grateful to be on your podcast today because we've, we've just shared so much that is, you know, it's an orbit, it's, it's connected, it's a nucleus, it's not separate. Your currency is not outside your body. A lot of times people come home, they put their purse down, they put their checkbook down, and then they walk away from it. Your currency is a part of your life. I'm sorry, what did you say? Yeah, it's actually an energy. Currency is like a flow of energy. So it's an exchange. It's worthless. You could have a million dollars if it's just sitting in a bank and it's not doing anything. It's not moving. It's not really currency. It's, okay, it's right. It moves. So, and, and really, like a lot of things you guys were just talking about, like health is, is a form of wealth as well. And, and wealth is really a mindset. I, I always hear people talk about you know, the fact, like rich dad, poor dad, so to speak, right? So it's like you can, somebody can hit the lotto for a million dollars, somebody with a poverty mindset in mm -hmm. two to three years, they're $2 million in debt. Mm -hmm. Somebody with a wealth mindset hits the lotto for a million dollars, they multiply it in three to five years, they got about $5 million. So it's, it's tied to your, well, Russell, it's tied to your value system. That's very true. You know, even though I grew up in inner city Detroit, right? And it was a liquor store, gas station, Chinese food place, funeral home, right? That was the rotation I saw growing up. I know all about but my that. Mind, <laughs> my mind and my inner self said more. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I, I tease people all the time and say, I'm from Detroit. I said, no, 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 no. I'm from Detroit. I'm not from Saginaw. I'm not from Southfield. I'm from Detroit, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? But it was, it was what I saw. And, I, and I'm not going to, you know, diminish the light of God in my life. It was something that was very relevant and something that was shown to me. Mm -hmm. And so I followed that light. Mm -hmm. So for the people listening, follow that light that's calling inside of you. Mm -hmm. And you, your wealth will come. Your wealth in your mind, your wealth in your health, your wealth in your relationships. It will come. But do the work. And I'm, you know, we hear this all the time. And it's like, oh, do the work, do the work. You gotta do the work. <laughs> like there, like that's real. You have I call it growth work. You have to do the growth work. So Tamala, I understand you're into philanthropy, which you know, that's my thing too. Um, tell us a little bit about that and your current projects. Okay, so um I had the devastation of losing my mother at 13. And I was around a, uh, a man that saw my leadership and said, Tamala, you're going to go to Alabama State University. And I thought, what is he talking about? And this is my band director. Rest his soul. Um, and which I told you, those things just don't happen. I mean, it just, it was amazing, right? And I thought, well, how am I going to go to college? Like, what are you talking about? I, you know, I lost my mom and, you know, all this stuff is happening. And he wrote one letter 
of recommendation to Alabama State University. And by his ink, they accepted me and gave me a four-year scholarship. Wow. Blessings. Never, they never saw me. They never met me. I didn't audition. You understand? That doesn't happen. No. And from that, I got a one-way ticket, Greyhound, with my flute and my luggage and my TV radio. You know, we had the boom boxes. Back <laughs> <laughs> and I was able to start my journey in college. And I took that very seriously because every year during our homecoming, he would stand in the crowd and wait for me to march by and say, Tamala, Tamala. And he would put money in my overlay. And that was such a permanent impression on my heart Mm -hmm. that I said, okay, God, if you allow me to do anything that's close to the level of what this man has done. And I was one of many I'm talking about thousands that he sent from Central High School, Detroit, Michigan, to Alabama State University marching, you know, marching. Wow. And uh, as increase came, as opportunities came, I've always looked for an opportunity to help a young person, to help an individual, to help a human. And wherever to pay it forward. To pay it forward. Yeah. And so um, those small things happened. I started an organization while on campus and, you know, I said, come on, y'all, let's get together and let's network. And they said, okay. Um, And then in corporate uh, arenas, they always had a philanthropy arm and say, employees, we can go do this and do that. And I would be the first to raise my hand. Um, And it's it's a beautiful experience when you see, um, I have to go back to Portia because that was such a significant five-year restoration period in my life. See children, you know, see the car. They're like, wow, (laughs) you know, or with Microsoft. You know, we, we take it for granted that every child has an Xbox or a PlayStation. They don't. That's true. And we served at an elementary school and those children got to touch an Xbox remote control. Mm-hmm. And they were so excited mm-hmm. uh, at that Microsoft headquarters. I got to do uh, Youth Spark and DigiGirls. And that's where we show technology to young girls and to watching them, you know, create LED lights and watching them do technology. Again, that's wealth. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you feel the energy of happiness, the energy of vision and dreams sparking out of children's eyeballs, that feeds you. That's wealth. Yep. So it's something that I'm grateful that I get a chance to do. Uh, and my next journey is I'll be traveling to Panama City, Panama um, and to Ghana over the summer. And I'm looking forward to serving in any capacity that that land receives me and allows me to serve in. That's awesome. Yeah. I think um, when we are given an opportunity when we're young like that and someone really impacted us in a major way and we know it, it's almost like it's a duty that you, you have to give back because somebody gave me a chance. I have to give somebody else a chance. It's what, if he, what if he didn't say anything? Yeah. That one person, like... He did not have to. It say. took you on a whole nother trajectory, yes. whole nother trajectory. Yeah. Yes. So, so that's lovely. Gratitude. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So we have about two more questions, um, and we're gonna wrap up. Oh, um, wow. One is, what is a book that you can recommend to our listeners, and why? Um, and it's totally up to you. It could be on financial literacy. It could be whatever you feel 
that it would be a great uh, thing for our readers. So, sorry. I'm sorry, say it again. For our listeners. Okay. So, um, it's not just a book, it's an organization. Um, and it's called uh, Hope Global Forum. Um, the man who started the organization is John Hope Bryant, and he has several books. And his organization um, is a mantra for financial literacy. Um, and every year um, they do this uh, business out of a box for the youth and the youth get to come and basically put on their businesses. And the funding in the room and the organizations, I'm talking about Spanx and um, former President Clinton spoke one year, like, it's amazing. His relationship with different banks around the world. So I would say anything that he's written, get it. Um, and then personally, um, I have to recommend the book from my mentor, my teacher, my life coach, uh, my example, uh, and that's Sharon Frame. And her book is called Wired to Win. Mm -hmm. Motto is you plug in, you know, you want a device to work, you have to plug it in. And then when you plug it in, it powers up. And then you tap into your personal greatness. And that's the mantra in that book. And I've used that book for probably 10 years in my career mm -hmm. through, you know, dealing with meetings and dealing with closings and acquisitions and, you know, training and development, just any aspect in my life. I've been able to remind myself, Tamala, you are wired to win. You're predestined already with all the tools you need inside your life. And I know you know that, Janie, because you, you said it all the time. You know, your biggest experience is the experience you have within yourself. You know, when you look outward, everything looks like this. But when you go inward, it expands. Mm -hmm. See, I told you I've been reading your book. Yeah. And listening. <laughs> um, so those those would be my two authors that I would recommend. Okay. And um, the last question is currently at the time of this podcast, what is the greatest matter of your heart? The greatest matter of my heart is having the capacity to teach every individual that I come in contact with. Mm -hmm. that, that's the matter of my heart. I, I'm a, I have a corporate job. I'm a mother. Um, and I have a lot of responsibilities. My day-to-day my -day is full. Yeah. But my, the heaviest part or the most expansive part in my heart is to be able to take all the knowledge I've gained over the past 20 years and, and just have opportunity over opportunity to just show people that your relationship with your cash is really key. And as soon as you pause and confront it and master that, you open up the flower to bloom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Russell, did you have anything else? No, that's about it. I think we touched on a lot and I really appreciate the dialogue. We Thank did. Um, Tamala, so how can our listeners reach you for any consulting? So um, again, I'm a corporate financial professional first. So I have, you know, compliance guidelines and restrictions there, but individually and nonprofits can reach me at, um, my Instagram is Tamala Joyce 23. Uh, I'm on Facebook, uh, Tamala Joyce Consulting. And my website is again, my name. Um, and I know people say, is it Tamala Joyce? And yes, because that was my rebirthing um, from the uh, recession in 2009. I, I re-identified myself as uh, who I am. Uh, I am Tamala Joyce. So hey. they can call Tamala Joyce and It'll come up. I'm not Tamala Man. I'm not Tamala Jones. <laughs> you 
know, the, the actress, T-A-M-A-L-A, she's Thank out there. Um, she's yeah. done But I am T-A-M-E-L-A, Joyce, J-O-I-C-E. Awesome. Um, Tamala, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with Russ and I. Um, it really has been a pleasure. Um, and I think we have to understand that we need to look at what's in our hand. We need to look at what currency we have in our hand. And um, I think if, if we keep that vision, I mean, we're infinitely wealthy, infinitely yes. wealthy. Yes. Yeah. So um, guys, this has been another episode of Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast. Once again, my name is Janie Charlow, uh, co-hosting with Russell Bruce, and we just finished talking with Miss Tamala Joyce on financial literacy. So make sure you look up Tamala, you know, reach out to her if you have any questions, if you want to know what's in your hand and how she can help you get that currency rolling. Um, Matters of the Heart and Soul podcast is a podcast that's inspired by love, God, relationships, spirituality, justice, culture, family, children, finances, freedom, personal growth, energy and vibration, universal principles, health, education, masculine and feminine energy, music, and all things of the heart and soul. Our mission is to connect our hearts with our minds. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and share. And we will catch you guys later. Thank you. Thank you, Tamala. Bye. Bye.